The text for our sermon this morning is from the gospel reading. It is the parable of the wicked tenants and also remembering uh, the words of Isaiah 5. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We remember that the parables teach us about God's kingdom, about the, the character of God, that he is different uh, from the way the kingdom of the world works, the kingdom of the devil. Today we hear that the Lord is patient. He's willing to endure so that you would find refuge and mercy for you to grow in his vineyard. One of the characteristics of God that we hear and learn today is the characteristic of patience. You heard in the parable how many times and all that the master of the vineyard did. He chose choice vines. He made the vineyard perfect. However, when it comes to us, patience is not something we can build into ourselves. Patience is not something we are born with. In fact, if you remember your scriptures, we remember that patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, self-control. All of these, and especially patience, they come to us by God's grace. Patience is not something you can foster in yourself. You may be able to give the false impression of patience because the situation is good. Like maybe the bank account, you have a lot of money, you have a lot of time to spare, and you can be patient with the checker and the checkout line because you don't have to be anywhere. Is that really patience? Patience, though, to a fault, does not make a good businessman because creditors, loan officers, they are not patient. Not only that, but the electric company, the county tax office, payment due by is not a suggestion. They are not called to be patient, but to collect. It's easy for us to be patient when we have time to spare. When we have a lot of money in the bank, we can be patient with those who owe us. But often what we consider patience is only because we aren't in a pinch ourselves. But patience, when a deadline is looming, when the bank account balance is in the negative, it is then that true patience as a gift of God truly becomes a joy. Patience with someone who's on your last nerve. <laughs> patience with your friends, that's not hard. But perhaps we should look at patience a little differently. Perhaps it's more accurate to say from God's word, that no matter what the situation is, when you know and trust that your God is good, that he is taking care of you, that he is providing for you, that he has given you so many wonderful gifts by his son, Jesus Christ, when we work from faith, then 
patience far beyond anything we've ever imagined, even in a time of famine, is something that God actually gives us. And that's the parable, that God's patience is far beyond anything we can ever imagine. He forgives. He grows fruits of faith through you. But we also hear in the parable that there does come a time when he is no longer patient. He is no longer merciful, but he brings justice. The difference between the tenants, the wicked tenants and us, is faith. We, could be, we can be patient as our Heavenly Father is. As you heard from Isaiah 5 and also from our gospel reading today, God has historically referred to his people as a vineyard. This is how they knew that Jesus was talking about them and why they got angry when they heard the parable. Jesus is using very familiar language here. And the people had little patience for someone to point out their sin. The parable of the wicked tenants, it stung them. It cut them to their very heart. And they didn't like it. They didn't like it because they lacked faith. They understood the parable. They heard the parable, but they didn't believe Jesus to be God, to be a patient and merciful God who comes looking for fruit. In considering this parable, again, remember last week we heard a parable, that's why it starts off the reading today, says Jesus said, hear another parable. This is in the context of this parable last week about the father who had a successful business. He asked his sons to go work. This parable is another successful businessman. He has a vineyard. The master of the vineyard not only had the wonderful foresight to choose the choicest vines, but he knows it will be successful. He knows exactly what needs to happen for this vineyard to be the most successful vineyard in the history of earth, the history of mankind. Look at all the preparation that he does before he even involves the tenants. He puts a wine press, a tower, a hedge for protection. The master of the vineyard does all that is necessary, not just for the vineyard to work, but for the vineyard to produce fruits of imaginable return. And he is patient. The master of the vineyard, God, of course, look how patient he is. He's in it for the long haul. He's playing the long game. Look how many messengers, even before he sends the messengers, what does it say? In the time of fruit, when the fruit had already come and it was a full harvest, this master is not stingy. He knows the harvest will come. And so he wants then also to share this harvest with his tenants. He doesn't want to be the only one who has patience. But he wants this to be a wonderful gift that he gives to others. Because of the goodness of the master. The vineyard doesn't belong to the tenants. They are stewards of it. 
They're workers who will receive from their master. They did none of the planting, none of the preparation, but they were brought into the vineyard by a patient master. The time of fruit was not a surprise. The master didn't send messengers to see if there was fruit, but to collect the fruit that the vineyard surely would have produced because the master had been patient. But now, as we know, the part of the parable that makes no sense, how did the tenants respond? They beat one, they stoned another, and they killed another. How many times did they do this? Far beyond what any earthly master would consider a wise idea. You run a business like this, you don't stand by the deadlines when the bills are due, your business is going to fold. You will be a failure. But not this master. He knows that the vineyard will produce far beyond, will return on his investment far beyond what any tenants think they can destroy. What had the owner done wrong? Nothing. The people of God, Israel, the vineyard, they'd been given everything, meaning they'd been given the word of God and the prophets. The messengers had been sent. But the tenants, they treated the prophets, the messengers, as wicked. They stoned them. Stoning was punishment for blasphemy. They treated the messengers as if they were messengers from the devil, not from the master. So the question we should ask ourselves is, what is the fruit that God is looking for from us? Well, you could say it's faith, but we also can't avoid the analogy and the picture of the fruits of faith. Repentance, and the fruits of repentance. The messengers were sent to collect what the master gives. The tenants they, they had no duty to, to come up with this fruit of their own. The people of God are given everything. God expects us to receive his word, to receive his good gifts, so that they might produce repentance and spiritual fruit in us. Jesus is teaching the goodness of God that he provides for you in plenty, but it's because of our sinful flesh, unbelief, that tries to claim all the gifts that God gives you as your own. The warning for the Jews of Jesus' day is applicable to us. God desires you to see that everything you have is a gift of his mercy, and he calls us to produce, to work, to bear fruit for repentance, to trust in his goodness. Patience today is certainly one thing I want you to consider. It's one thing that God calls us to be faithful in. And remember, patience as a fruit of the, the Spirit, it's not something you can force. My mom always liked to tell me the story of when I was in the first grade. It was the first day of school, and I, 
I didn't yet know how to read. And all I wanted to do was learn how to read. And that first day of first grade, I was so excited to learn. But mom said I came home from school and I was, I was angry. <laughs> she asked me and said, why are you so upset? I answered, I didn't learn how to read today. She laughed and she said, well, it takes practice and patience. You cannot force the Holy Spirit for patience, love, joy, peace, self-control. But God digs a vineyard for you. He is patient to develop these gifts by his word and sacrament, by showing you how good he is in giving his son Jesus Christ for you, that by faith in the promise that God is a good master, that he is forgiving you every one of your sins, that he has dug, he's removed all the rocks and all the obstacles to your faith. And all the gifts and all the things that he gives to you now, as heavy and as difficult as they might be, it is that he may show you his goodness, that your bank account is beyond full, that he is a good master, and he's given you a wonderful vineyard. And this gift of patience that begins by his Holy Spirit showing you your sins. And oftentimes it's when we're suffering, that's when we see it. That's the time that we slow down, we stop, and we examine our lives according to God's word by sitting in front of the mirror, not the mirror on the wall, but by placing the mirror of God's word before you. You want to grow in patience, joy, love, let the master tend to you. He places you among his, his church, the vineyard, and he teaches you to trust him. Like, our, like reading, like reading and, and learning how to read, the gifts of God cannot be forced, nor can they be rushed. There's a schoolhouse firmly built upon the cornerstone of Christ Jesus who he in his own life teaches us as he carried his cross and endured that suffering, shows us how patience is given by faith and trust in the Father. This cornerstone, Christ Jesus, of course, Jesus is telling them in the parable, he's the master's son. He's sent to the wicked tenants. They thought they could take the kingdom by force. The enemies of Christ thought they could take from Jesus what God had given to him. But godliness is not something that can be grasped. The kingdom of God is a gift. The gifts of God cannot be taken, but they are just that, gifts that are given. But you must be patient, knowing that the account is full. The deadline, all the needs, all of your needs have already been met in Christ Jesus and by trusting in the goodness of God because that's the difference between the tenants and us. It's faith in a good God. You see, the most grievous part of this parable is not the death of the son, but the unbelief of the tenants because you see the son never loses his inheritance because he's risen from the dead and cannot be destroyed. 
The wicked tenants didn't believe the master to be patient, that the son would indeed endure death for their sake. But that is the patience of God, enduring and carrying his cross for you. The wicked tenants didn't believe the master to be so patient that he would give his only son, that even those outside the vineyard would receive this inheritance. But he did just that. The tenants lacked faith. God is patient with you, my friends. You probably have a long list of disappointments and sins, and I'm right there with you. Plenty of reasons for us to see ourselves as the wicked tenants. God has cleaned the vineyard of all kinds of stones and rocks, and what do we do? But we venture outside the vineyard and we pick up rocks to throw at one another. God forgives you. God sent his only son, Jesus, indeed, to be killed on the cross outside the vineyard, outside Jerusalem, on a hill where the tower of the cross was raised. The tower that could see over not just the vineyard, but the whole world so God can even see your sin so that he may forgive it. From this tower, he sees all and draws all men to himself. The Savior would be put in that wine press of God's wrath. He would be put under the wrath of God and pressed down so that his blood would flow like, like the wine from pressed grapes. And that blood is our wine. The choicest of vines, the most perfect wine. All of this the master does for you. He does this to show his patience for you. He doesn't destroy, but gives opportunity that you may be made steadfast in faith. That through difficult times, you may trust that your master is good. But you must turn from temptation. You must embrace the fruit that God gives you. His forgiveness, the gospel, the sacrament. Paul teaches us, you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You must persevere by endurance. When life gets heavy and hard, don't forget, you can place everything into the hands of Jesus. You have a good father, a good master. He knows where the rocks are. He knows exactly where the difficult times in life come. So remember that God placed you in his vineyard by baptism. He placed you there. He chose you. He picked you. We're still bothered by those rocks every once in a while. Life can get tough. And it's precisely at those times that he's calling you through his messengers who are looking for fruit that he has grown in you already. He's calling you through messengers. It's just our sinful flesh doesn't like to give that fruit up very easily. Too often we try to keep it as our own and pride ourselves. But you must put your sinful flesh to death daily so that your new Adam, your new identity, not as a wicked tenant, but as one brought into the vineyard of God so you can rejoice 
and be glad and joyful to be in the vineyard. Confessing your sin and looking for opportunity to show forth fruit, patience, maybe where once before you lacked it. But remember, the Lord, he isn't looking for fruit in a desolate vineyard. He doesn't bring you into a failing vineyard, but his vineyard and the wine of forgiveness is plentiful. We can miss the fruit if we're looking to the world. Back in 2007 or so, Emily and I visited her parents in Seattle. It's the first time I'd ever been out there. If you've never been there, you can just walk along the sidewalk and public areas and blackberries grow to an amazing size. I'd never seen blackberries that big, so I didn't even recognize them. I thought them to be some other plant. My mother-in-law gave me a, a bite of one of them, and it was so sweet and so good. I doubted those blackberries could be so big and the fruit so sweet that I had neglected it until my wise mother-in-law, yes, I said that, my wise, y'all can tell her this, my wise mother-in-law gave me one and said, it's a blackberry. I didn't enjoy the sweetness of the fruit because I had doubted. I, I didn't believe it. So too for us. Patience is a gift of God and you can miss it if you don't trust him. And remember, patience is only patience because one has been wronged and judgment is delayed. God's kindness leads to repentance and faith and trust in a good, merciful, patient God. He will indeed work love, joy, peace, and patience in you and you may not always see it. That's okay. Your heavenly Father sees it and he grows it in you. But also this parable has a warning to it. Don't mock God. Don't presume that you can live in the vineyard and live a life that's not any different than unbelievers or your life looks more like the wickedness you see on the news or on the TV. There will come a day when God's patience comes to an end and he brings justice. But even then, we look forward to that day because we have faith in a good God who's given his son to grant you an inheritance that never runs out. Because on that day when he returns, you will see the fruit that he has grown in you and it will be sweeter than you could ever imagine because he's a good master. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.